0: Are you a victim crippled by the Minotaur in the labyrinth of your mind? Or will you fight your biggest challenges like Theseus and fulfill your potential? My name is Zulfakar and welcome to The Minotaur's Maze. Welcome to The Minotaur's Maze. My guest today. Is the founder of Ford Networking, which is the largest joined up business network in the UK, four times best selling business author on Amazon, and the UK's number one motivational speaker, Mr. Brad Burton. Brad, thank you for being here and welcome.
1: Thank you, friend. Two things that are wrong with our intro. Number one, um the, the the largest joined up network in the UK we was before COVID right. came along right? And number, number two, you said I'm the UK's number one motivational speaker. The UK's number one motivational business speaker. There's a fundamental difference, mate, and I'll explain to that while later. Brilliant.
0: I mean, well, thank you for that clarification. So um, <laughs> for those that don't know who you are, and uh, you know, I'm going to ask you to do this in the shortest time possible because I've, I've read your story. I've, I've even seen your, your, your brief bio and there's just so much in there. So this could go quite on uh, for some time. But for those who have for those people that don't know who you are, what is the quick introduction to yourself and what you do?
1: So it depends which version of Brad you want. Do you want the guy who dad left when he was six months old, who left school with no qualifications, who got shot at when he was 21, who's <laughs> been addicted to drugs twice, who's done four years on benefits, who delivered pizzas at 31? Or do we want the UK's number one motivational business speaker, the four-time best-selling author, the founder of Network Central and for networking? You know, two sides of the same coin, uh, as Ulfika, and it And it's like, you know, there's, there's two versions of each of us. And if I go back far enough to your life, I'll find something questionable. And I think that this is what we end up doing as human beings is that there's two versions of us. And it all depends as to which version uh, we field on a day as to where our lives end up. And more recently, I've been fielding the positive version.
0: Brilliant, brilliant. So the theme of this podcast uh, is, is obviously, it's based on the, the Greek thesis and, and, and the minotaur. Um, so that, that was a story which stuck with me uh, at school. Uh, And now I use it as a metaphor. So, you know, the minotaur was a half bull, a half man beast in in the middle of the maze. Well, life is a maze. The mind is a maze. We have internal minotaurs, which are fears, doubts and insecurities. Uh, And then we have external minotaurs, which are the challenges and obstacles in life. So, you know, already you've mentioned quite a few things there, um, which will have been both your internal minotaur and your external minotaur. But out of all that, which would you say is probably your biggest internal minotaur that you had to overcome
1: Self-doubt, and I think everyone goes through it, everyone goes through self-doubt, and I know some pop stars, and all some high-level people, and um, they've all overcome, well, they've all dealt with self-doubt. Self-doubt is a thing as human beings, and I think what we end up doing is internalising it, thinking it's just us that have got self-doubt, and actually, like I say, I've, I've spoke to people at the highest level, self-doubt is a thing, and, uh, and the other side of that self-doubt is where you need to get to...
0: And where do you think that self doubt comes from? I know we've all got individual stories, but it just seems like everybody's obviously got it. Is it something that's trained into us? Do we not do enough when we're children? Or where do you specifically think think that self doubt comes from?
1: So, a fish will only grow as big as its fish tank. You go and put a uh, shark in a fish tank, it'll grow eight inches. Same shark in the sea, eight foot. And I think that's where it starts. I think. I think you know. As, as I'm from Salford, Manchester, Papa from Salford, Manchester and actually somewhere along the way, it's like, you know, the best I could have ever expected to get in my life and career is working selling cars at Ford. <clears throat> you know, so so I think first and foremost it's about this is you'll never outperform your self image. So I believe that, that self-doubt is kind of formed through self image. And more recently, in the last 10, 15 years, I've started unpicking that self-image and kind of reproducing it, almost like my Lego. I've got Lego here, right? I'm a Lego man. Um, But it's almost like Lego. And actually, you know, you've got this wonderful thing. And actually, can it be done better? And the only way that you're going to do things better is by unpicking it and taking it all off. Most people don't do that. Most people end up just putting stuff on top of their previous build. And actually, what you've got to do in your life is sometimes you've got to deconstruct to rebuild, which is exactly what I've done.
0: Brilliant. I absolutely love that. Um, You know, because it is a process that I've gone through myself in a way now um looking at your story um, it's it's almost you know the complete opposite of mine where um, if I read correctly you know you were the class clown you didn't do well in school or you, you left whereas me I was the opposite I was the 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 geek the the intelligent guy the one that did well but I still came out of that system with a lack of self-esteem a lack of self-belief um and it's just interesting to me that despite having the two different kind of upbringings you can still arrive at the same Area, so like, what would you say? You know, what do we need to do different to make sure this doesn't happen for future generations? Does it start at school? Does it start outside of school? Like, where where does it start to change this?
1: You know, I think the way that you learn how to not get punched in the mouth is by getting punched in the mouth. And actually, you know, not everyone can be Elon Musk, and I think that what we need to recognize is that we can be a better version of ourselves, and that is what I would be asking anyone. What specifically have you got to do in the short term so that your medium and long-term version of you is a better version of yourself? You know, what you are about? So, for instance, you know, drinking water, going to the gym, walking more. You know, I've switched the news off. I'm now uh, 180 days in, more than that, actually, crack cracker. Anyway, uh, since Christmas Eve, oh. I've stopped watching the news. So you are what you see, what you hear, what you eat. And, and, and just your environment, products, are products of your environment. So I'd ask yourself the question right now: if you're tuned into this, is your environment what you see here and, 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 and you know feel? Is it a positive environment? If it's not, what needs to change to make it so? Because I'll tell you something: you know, you cannot build uh, as an individual whilst you are digesting rubbish Brilliant. and not, like I say, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, financially, whatever. So I would suggest that it all starts with you. It all starts with belief that you can make a change or you want to make a change. Often in life is why we get stuck. We can't go left and right at the same time. That's why we end up stuck. And what ends up happening is people have their sail up, you know, and they have their anchor down and they go round and round and round and round and never make any progress. So at some point you've got to recognise either one, pull your sail down or two, pull your anchor up. But where you're going wrong is being stuck. So I believe that it starts at home. I believe that that's where it starts, belief. You know, my my boy, who's now 18, it would me the first Burton to go to university. Wow. You know, I just find that fascinating. You know, I've got no I've got no, um, no hunger for further education. That's not my route I've took, but for him, he wants to be a geologist. So it's about really finding who you are and, and where you want to get to and the steps that you need to make to get to where you need to brilliant, be. Brilliant, brilliant. So, I mean, I, again, I, I love all that. So,
0: obviously, you said your biggest man at all was self-doubt. What practical steps then did you take to uh, you know overcome that like what were the first things that you, you kind of did in a practical sense obviously mine's important
1: great great question so <clears throat> i'm 49 now 49 and i didn't kind of understand the process that i was taking myself un- through uh, until probably about six years ago five years ago maybe so so even though i was changing i never consciously changed i never consciously said i'm going to be a better version of me and i i do that right now i wake up every single morning and if i'm feeling like shit what I will do is recognize that I feel like shit. And what I will do is I will go and get some distance from that, I'll, I'll either not work, go meditate, or just think, you know, there was a time, then I go back down to it, With practical things that I do, is 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 I'll, I'll drive quietly, allow my brain mm-hmm. to process. You think about a pint pot, pint pot fill up, you can't put anything more in it. So if you've been watching about COVID and yes. wars going on, oh my God, and there's been mass shootings, how are you gonna, you, you're processing that? So what you've got to do is recognize this. I would rather be uninformed and happy than informed and miserable mm-hmm. because this, your brain is your biggest chance of success. It's your biggest chance of failure. So you've got to make damn certain that what you're doing right now is what you want to do, not what society, not what the world tells you you need to be thinking about and need to be processing. Oh, yeah,
0: absolutely. You know, I love that. So I know you mentioned COVID there. So I know that caused um, a lot of problems for for, for many different people, both turning the mindset, but also in business. So, um, I think you know, your personal business went from uh, was it 1.8 million to zero uh, because of COVID. Um, yeah, it's a true, true story. Yeah,
1: mm, no, overnight.
0: overnight. So, you know, just, just want to tell us that story quickly, and, and then what you've done yeah. since then because so, to, to build it back up.
1: Yeah, of course. So I started my business back in 2006, and if you think about that, it was 14 years. Uh, my networking business, one group, two groups, running 5,000 business networking meetings up and down the land. If I set off from Somerset right now, every single junction, M5, M6, all the way to back would have had a four networking meeting. Boris Johnson said uh, 700 days ago, please stay at home. And, uh, and you know, if I said to you, uh, Z, how long do you think that this was going to last when he said stay at home? How long do you think before the pandemic well, was going to Well, it, it started off, away? you
0: know, two weeks to shut it down or whatnot and then it just went (laughs) for two three years so
1: so so i've asked people this and and the average answer that i get is four months six months three months somebody says a year whatever but in average i've asked hundreds if not thousands of people in the last six months that question and the answer comes back four months so we prepared for a a six month battle and i was there like yeah we're gonna do this Ah, and i'm getting everyone fired up and bradded up and then seven months comes and all of a sudden people are looking for me for answers and I don't have any anymore. Eight months, uh-huh. nine months, ten months. And I said before that everyone's been affected mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially. Everyone. And, uh, you know, I had a, a burnout a couple of times over the last, course of the last couple of years. So my business, we had to adapt. And I always ask this question, what does it make possible? And it made possible that we take the network for networking. We take it online. And we've run probably 2,000 meetings oh. last year. 3,000 the previous year, you know, it's a strange old world right now, if I'm honest, you know, and I'm, I've always prided myself in terms of, of being definitive in, in my approach and actually resolute. And, you know, if you, we're at sea, we're in a raft, me and you, I'm saying, Zulfiqar, listen, we're going that way. I know land's there. Do you know? Yeah, yeah, I know. Right or wrong? No. But actually, if we stay here, we're fucking dying. So actually, what we've ended up doing is I've, I've ended up, you know, moving forward, but let's just be quite clear here. Any of these things that we're dealing with as a, as, a, as a country right now, and this is the other thing to understand: whether it was uh, Brexit, heavyweight, uh, pandemic, heavyweight, vaccine rollout, heavyweight, financial crisis, heavyweight, war, heavyweight, food cost, heavyweight, fuel cost, heavyweight. Any one of them would have been a big deal for this country and for the business owners, you know. And obviously, you can throw on top of that terrible leadership. So right now, we've got a, a country that is kind of at sea that don't know which way to go, and any leader doesn't know either. They're just mm-hmm. human beings. We look towards leaders and think, you know what, this individual is a leader. You know, we look at some military guy with hats on and medals; he must be. Nah, they're just human beings like you and I. The difference is they've got medals; <laughs> they've conformed. And we're in danger zone right now, as a, not only as a, as a, as a, as a country, but as a global yes. uh, community. Yes. You know, this is this is this is heading towards some unprecedented. Turmoil for the country, you know, and actually for the world. And I think that I think there's a bigger issue here than business. Mm -hmm. If I'm honest, I think this is potentially a societal breakdown of everything that we know. You know, you've had things like the medieval ages, the dark ages, the iron ages, and we're heading to a new age. Whether that's a digital age, that was the last season. Whether it's the digital age, I also think that there's a there's a, there's a, a battle going on for the heart of this globe. And that battle isn't good versus evil. It's technology versus nature. And I think we are heading to a really interesting time. I mean, I'm quite spiritual in my approach to life. It never used to be like this, but I'm looking at the world now and I'm thinking, this is out of kilter. This is, you know, you can't have an yes. opinion anymore. So what we end up doing is, is so if you think about me, I'm, you know, I say about people, what they need to be is them. Be you, be you. But when you're not being you to conform and fit in, then all of a sudden you're losing the bit of yourself. And if you're losing the peace of yourself and you're losing the piece of yourself, we end up with this, with this almost osmosis about this world that, that no longer, it's just it's odd, odd, strange times right now. And I, I fear for the globe. I, I, think, I think, you know, from a, from a financial perspective, um, the, the debt globally is, 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 is unserviceable. So something's going to happen. I, I don't know what that thing is, but one of the things that I recognised is that you have to rely mm-hmm. on self. You know, it'd be lovely to think that there's a, a cavalry coming and, you know, the governments are going to sort everything out. You know, we could have had a situation, we didn't, but we could have had a situation where similar tanks mm-hmm. were going around and there's food problems and stuff. And my wife laughs at me and thinks I'm a conspiracy theorist. You are until, of course, that's the case. You know, and so I, I don't know. I, I don't know. But what I do know, and the, the kind of takeaway for your audience here, is rely on self, make certain, and this is go back onto this, that your brain is not being bombarded with stuff that weakens your resolve because that doesn't help you, it doesn't help your family, it doesn't help your business, it doesn't help the way forward. So my business is nowhere near the size that it once was, fact. But I'm good with that, because I am. Me as an individual, I'm strong still mentally. Where people end up getting messed up in their life, and then we talk about a Minotaur thing, which is they try to go back to a time and a place that no longer exists. And that is where it becomes problematic. I ain't going backwards, I'm going forwards, whatever forwards look like. And I ain't going to starve to death. Right, I might not be wiping my ass with fifty pound notes and doing donuts in my Lamborghini anymore. However, mountaineers don't stay at the top of mountains; they don't stay at the bottom either. It's always in flux. And as soon as you recognise that this world is in flux, life becomes easier.
0: Brilliant. I mean, there's just so much in there which is just just wow. Um, you know, there's so much to pick apart, and I don't know where to start. But um, I suppose what a lot of what I got from there is, you know, there's a, obviously there's a, there's been a self-esteem crisis for for some time now um and you know i've been part of that self-esteem generation as well the millennials. so you know for whatever reason um we've come out with you know we might be academically strong we might not have been academic strong but we've come out with lacking self-esteem um and, and this is why i think your message right there is, is important in building the self because ultimately self-esteem is the most important thing there if you've got that you're going to survive what's to come if you haven't got it, even if you get a modicum of success, eventually you're going to fall apart. Um, so, like, obviously, we don't know where the future is heading. And, you know, we can't rely on the leaders anymore. I mean, those of us, we didn't rely yeah. on the leaders in, in the first place. So you were suspicious of them. But...
1: You know, you know. can I just say something? I I, I conformed every step of the way. <clears throat> I conformed every step of the way and I followed the rules, not religiously. And apart from the fact that I did two dog walks a day, <laughs> rock and roll lifestyle. <clears throat> anyway, but you know the reality is with this thing, right? Is uh, all the girls love a bad boyzy. But you know the, the, the reality the reality is the reality is with this thing is that I wrote something. I think it was December. I said the middle class revolt is coming. I wrote mm. something that said the middle class revolt is coming. You go and push me one more time, mm. and that's mm-hmm. it. Done. And actually, that, that's when all the restrictions just fell away. But if they'd have pushed yeah. another time, that would have been me. I would have been, been civil disobedience, me, <clears throat> yeah, having, having conformed. And I believe that that's what was going on. And actually, you look at what happened now, uh, retrospectively, you know, look, a mistake is only a mistake after the event. No one, including me, wakes up and says, I'm going to go fuck up today. Like occasionally, I do. And we all do. So I don't think we can necessarily beat up the leaders for, for acting on the decisions and, and information they had. No, no two ways about it. However... I do believe that maybe just maybe that we're entitled to as human beings to make our own decisions about what we put in our body and what we do, you know, and the travel bans right now are ridiculous. Like this is somebody who's got his jabs mm-hmm. and his booster. And I just think, are you crazy?
0: Wow. Crackers. Yeah. I mean, again, once you know, I I completely relate to that. Um and you know, for me it felt like the last two three years, yes, obviously there was a, there was a pandemic and there was uncertainty, but at some point it started to feel like this is being used as a social experiment like how far can we push people how far can we do things and get away with it so yeah you know maybe they did not uh, handle the pandemic as well because they just weren't sure what to do but then you know when you look at some of the other things that were happening and some of them the blatant lies that were out there and the uh, the, the hypocrisy and the double standards which obviously is, is still happening now which I don't follow <clears> the news anymore like you I've just stopped you know because oh, last year like I was every day something's popping off these days and it's just not you know you, you can't move forward you can't move backward because everything becomes uncertain and then if you're uncertain about out there and then you internalise it that's when the self-doubt comes back in
1: <laughs> so so I will give you give an example of this you imagine that you're a boxer and you come back after getting pounded for a round and I sit you down and say hey listen car, listen this guy's tasty, mate. I don't think we're going you know, to, you know, I don't think you're going to be able to beat him. Ding, ding, second's out. You ain't going to go back there. And I think you can do it. However, if you sat down and said, listen, 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 listen. You have trained too hard for this. Yeah, you've had a bad round. I don't care about that. You don't care about that. What happens now is you go stick to the game plan and you make this happen. Z, you get out there. you train trained too hard. We ain't giving up. You're doing this for your family. You get out there. Ding, ding. you got more chance of winning the second because of that. Now, that... Is self-talk that's going on here. Oh, yeah, they've got fuel crisis and they can't... Afford. Whoa, that's actually done. You're out of the game. Your ref stoppage waved off. So you've got to get yourself back Brilliant. in. Brilliant, and
0: the first step to that is, you know, stop watching the news. And, uh, you know, even though if you stop watching the news, the other problem now is social media. And I know you're passionate about this because I've said, seen some of your posts. So social media is a gift as much as it is a curse if you don't protect yourself yeah um now you know i've, I've read some of your post but do you want to highlight some of the worries that you have with social media and then we'll move on to the benefits of how you're using social media yeah.
1: so 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 if you think about from a social media perspective you know you can get some kid who understands facebook advertising who could get himself coming out of a frigging lamborghini rental and with sunglasses and snap back, hey, you're gonna learn the secrets, my six figure blueprint, da, 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 da and people go, Oh my god, this is amazing, he's got a car. oh, looks good, look bro, we're getting out of a helicopter. And actually, you've got people who've got real experience that have been overlooked because they can't compete in this world, they can't get themselves forward. You know, when I first started on this whole business stuff, I was radical in the space, like genuine, you know, like rock and roll, radical. Everyone, oh my brad, have you seen so edgy. Now, I'm not edgy. I am toy. So what happens now? The only way that I can get attention on social media is by jumping on a frigging cheese grater, right? And saying motivational mm-hmm. quotes whilst I do it, dressed up in a tutu. And this world has gone crazy. You know, there's some stuff popping off today at LinkedIn with somebody taking a photograph of somebody who's going to kill themselves and whatever off think, finger, but they saved them. And it's like, oh, come on. You know, giving people money who are homeless, but videoing them, you know, fuck off. The world's gone crazy. So actually what, you know, people, what they're doing is they're, 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 they're they're like fishing, yeah. you know, like fishing. And then once again, it doesn't allow normality to break through. The only thing that cuts through nowadays is jumping on a cheese grater.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, so, so so, it's getting dangerous. It's getting dangerous. Fights going on, you know, on my Twitter, punch-ups in nightclubs. Everyone's got their phones mm-hmm. out. Police officers getting kicked in. Mm-hmm. Phones out. This is yeah. crazy. What is going on? This is like mm-hmm. Black Mirror. Mm-hmm. So 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 now, you know, you're in this situation where if you're a normal person, you're feeling like you're being um, pushed out of the world because you're not validated. And you look at this whole thing, you know, you're going to get 10 likes, you know, want 100, you get 100, you want 1,000, you want 1,000, you want 10,000, you want 10,000, you want 10, half. Yeah. It never ends. So you end up in this this horrible Horrible place where it's never enough in life. And and I think that that's the problem that we've got. I think that that's a lot of self-esteem yes. comes from there. Girls having to put filters on in order to take photographs. And so their face looks like it's been frigging drawn on by Disney. And I'm scratching my head going, you don't look like that. So what is that doing to psyche? What's that doing to people's mental health? And then you start twinning that with everything that I talked about before. War, Brexit, division, da-da-da-da-da. It is an absolute tinderpot. Of, of social um, erosion. And, 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 you know, and I love social media. I remember the good old days, 2009, 10, 11. Mm-hmm. It was fun. Mm-hmm. It was social. Social media isn't yeah. social anymore. It's a vehicle to get, uh, not manipulate, to, 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 to get business or to whatever. It's not social. You don't to go on to go meet friends anymore. It's a strange old time, mate. Listen, maybe the generation, two generations before me, my granddad, they said the same about frigging the Beatles. Oh, the Beatles, you know, the devil worshippers and maybe that's what goes on and generations do this. And but you know, I, I consider myself to be a little bit war, a little bit weight, a little bit of a man of the the world. And if you used to have a Venn diagram, you'd you know, you'd see me as a that that working class lad and then the business owner and I'm be in the middle with all that as to who I what I am. And I'm not, like I say, I'm not a prude to any of this. But when my daughter, the first thing she does when she wakes up is go on Roblox mm. videos. And actually I'm watching Roblox videos and I see yes. what's going mm-hmm. on. Yeah. They're using amazing edits, amazing edits to, to to you know, AMSR, for, uh, what it was called, the audio, and just cutting and export. It's just stimuli. And you look on TikTok, ha-ha, somebody just fell over. You know, ha-ha, somebody just carved us. something. Six seconds of just this. And the world has been, been been it's down to six seconds. There's no longevity, and people don't talk. It's crazy.
0: No, I, I, Once again, I, I relate to all of that. And obviously, I've got two young children as well, so I do worry about... Them and the world they're growing up in, um, you know, it's just not sustainable. You know, you, you can't have this amount of information overload, a distorted view of reality, and then trying to emulate it and uh, feel good about it. It's just not going to happen.
1: You know, years ago, World War Two. If I were to know about World War Two in 1978 as a five-year-old, I'd go speak to my granddad. He would sit there and he would tell us about the World War II and the tanks and what he did, and it'd be really exciting. <clears throat> Right now, if I want to know about World War II, <clears throat> I'm going on Google and he's going to tell me about World War II. So Grandad doesn't have that conversation anymore that he once had, yeah. right? He's got no story. Nobody wants to hear Grandad's story. Everyone wants to speak to the, the Alexa and he gives us a seven-second TikTok about World War II. Yeah. And I think that that's the danger is everyone's getting mm-hmm. isolated. In fact, we've all become islands. Yeah. That's your problem. Everyone's become an island. And actually, everyone's become an island, and waiting for somebody to come and rescue them. Nobody's and guess coming. what? Two years on, <laughs> nobody's
0: coming. So nobody's coming. Um, you know, nobody's coming to save you. So you've got to save uh, yourself. Um, now, obviously, with yeah. social media, like that is some of the you know issues in terms of self-esteem. But even in a business context, like you know, we are going to move on to the benefits of it, but. Take myself for an example. Like, you know, I did well in school. Um, I did well in university. I did well in employment. I became a lawyer, and then I moved into the business world, and it just was so hard. It was so difficult. Like I've I've always done well, and now I'm in, facing this situation where I'm just not doing well. And then I'm seeing people online who are just. It seems like they're absolutely smashing it. And I'm not thinking, well, maybe I wasn't smart. Maybe I wasn't intelligent. You know, what's wrong with me? Um, and that comparison side will.
1: Kill you, um... so so let me let me just put something to you. And I want you to be really honest. Now I'm going to ask mm-hmm. you two questions. I want you to be 100 mm-hmm. honest. Is your life no. perfect? Is your business no. perfect? If you go on social media, Instagram, all you'll see is perfect lives and perfect businesses, mate. It is bullshit. And this is the problem. Is you are what you you know? And this is I mean i if anyone triggers me for whatever reason, whatever reason, I just unfollow them or, mm-hmm. or block mm-hmm. them. Might have been no problem there, but I just you can't afford this because let's be quite clear, the business model of social medias is to get you aspirational looking at things. They don't care about your mental health. Their their input is that you stay on that site. They're not bothered that that might be having far-reaching implications to your life Mm. and your family. So when I ask that question, is your life perfect, Is is your business perfect, and the answer is no, everyone says no. But, uh, you know, if social you media, look on Instagram, all you'll see, perfect lives, perfect businesses.
0: Brilliant. Uh, okay, so let's talk about the positives now of, of social media. So, you know, you've gone through this uh, pandemic and we don't know where the future is heading, but you've reinvented yourself and you've come online. So what have been some of the, the positive steps uh, thanks to social media that you've <clears> taken? <throat> and, and, and what's
1: you know, what's been lovely about this, it's been the shedding of, uh, of people. And what I mean by that is you can't hold on to everyone. And I recognise, and I'm, I'm I'm a realist about this, in that you know, everyone's been going through their own challenges, everyone's been on their own island. So <clears throat> there's a few people that have kind of done some dirty thing right. for the last couple of years, <clears throat> which actually, you know, um it's one of those ones you look at and think, I don't understand why that's happened. However, I think that's been a good thing. I think it's allowed us to shed a lot of stuff that wasn't necessarily working about mm-hmm. the old life. And that's whether it was ostentatiousness, whether it was being flash. These just these things that were, you know, I remember when the pandemic first started and I was out there collecting wood when I had to do my dog walks once a day. And, um, you know, I would um, I would collect wood and then I would put it in a bag and people were on socials going, Are you okay. crazy? Ooh. You know, I'm thinking, well, just save myself four quid on wood there whilst I'm Mm -hmm. walking. And I think that people, just because something was the way it once was, it doesn't mean it's always going to be that way. So, positives. The positives, as uh, you know, the the technology allowed us to do things like this. The technology allowed us to stay in contact with people. My mum, I dropped off a frigging iPad mini with a crack on it and a MiFi so I could FaceTime my mum. You know, it's just like that technology was great. But I do believe, I do believe that um, it is time for something new. And I think that uh, I think the fact that Facebook lose changed the name to Meta kind of indicates that the writing's on the wall there, that they are moving away from that because it's so tarnished as a brand.
0: So wh- where do you see them going? Where do you see the future going then, uh, obviously with these kind of changes coming in?
1: You know, listen, this is the problem that you've got. I'll, I'll share something else. Apple, Starbucks, uh, Amazon, you know, Facebook, these big dominant, uh, you know, big five or ten or whatever, <clears throat> Um and then you look at what happened in, in over, over the pandemic. In that, my target audience was micro to small businesses, thousands of members that I built up over 14 years. You know, them being told that you can't go out and you can't earn money after about three months, mm-hmm. they're in trouble. Four months, there's like a bell curve of it, of it increasing of finances. Four, five, six, seven, bum, 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 bum. So my entire market has been wiped mm-hmm. out. Now there's direct correlations globally to that. There's micro and small businesses are gone. you know micro and small businesses are now rebuilding slowly but that swathe of small business has gone same goes for the high street swathe small business same goes for internet providers small (sighs) mate I've got no idea but you know I look at a trajectory and it doesn't look good
0: yeah so what, what, what
1: and I think you know we're all guilty I think we're all guilty every single time we go ooh ooh one step click one click ooh that'll arrive in three hours time brilliant and then we start bitching that the high street's yeah. going.
0: Oh, definitely. We don't, we're all guilty. We yeah, I mean, technology like, you know, it makes things easier, but by making things easier, you know, you're making it things hard on, 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 obviously, other people.
1: Well, short term, it makes things easier. I think medium and long term, I think it's going to create a big so problem.
0: What are you doing doing with your specific business? Obviously, you don't know where we're headed, but what are you specifically doing yourself, both
1: um, in, in practical
0: terms and, and obviously the mindset? But yeah, yeah, sure.
1: So. No so I've 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 had to. If I give you a hot rock, how, how long would you hold on to it for? You'd let go of it. I've had to let go mm-hmm. of a lot of stuff. I've had to let go that that world that it once existed isn't there mm-hmm. anymore. Okay, so i have now to rebuild differently. And my life was like a game of Jenga. <laughs> I had to just kind of rebuild, and I'm rebuilding slowly, and a big wobbly tower of success. Mm-hmm. Clearly, that actually this black swan of of, of an event—that's the only thing that could have ever took it, taken it out because mine was. was beautifully uh, set up that if you lost one cluster it didn't make no difference because osmosis would have gone in um so i'm looking at things differently now and i'm you know doing a lot more speaking i'm going into a lot of organizations and um, and helping them with culture because that's the bit that's being lost Mm -hmm. culture's Mm -hmm. being lost work from home work from home fucking great for the first three months and then all of a sudden you know you ain't getting on a bus anymore you ain't traveling you can't you just stood there all day long and you as human beings are being eroded your ability, as, as romantic as it is, work from home, mm. woohoo! Short term, great. Medium and long term, problematic. So I'm going into a lot of organizations and helping them recover the culture because actually, without your culture, your organization will at some point. I, I, fall I love
0: that. So, you, can you give us some examples? Like, what, what are you doing to help them improve their culture? What, for business listen to this, what can yeah, they do? Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm yeah. I'm, so I'm going into businesses and I'm asking them a question what's really going on? <laughs> right? What's the thing that you don't want to tell your boss? What's the thing that you don't want to tell your employees? Right? We all know that you want to work from home because you can't be asked, And it's not that you can't be asked; It's that you want to save money. And I get it. I wouldn't want to be on a frigging commute for 45 minutes at two pounds a litre either. I get it. So there's all these conversations that are not being had. The employer wants you back in because they they want more efficiency. But not only that, and I'll tell you, I, as Brad Burton, the guy who owns my own business, I want you back in because I worry about your Mm -hmm. mental health. Mm so so if we can have this conversation the one that nobody wants to have and i can facilitate that then all of a sudden this is quite good because no one's mm-hmm. doing this because everyone's scared of having that conversation everyone's scared of having it and the problem is is we're going to be it's going to create bigger problems if we don't have this so that's what i do i go a series of exercises that i do uh, it's like a workshop that i go into organizations and you get them all tuned in and get them all back on realigned with the with not only the Forget that, also, not only the country, the the company's vision and goals, because that's where companies go wrong. Yeah, we're going to do this, and, and you know, great. <laughs> what about your staff? They don't give it to, uh, monkeys that you make 10 million pounds, it's irrelevant to them, right? What's in it for them? And that's we have this conversation, and that's what I do. And I get, at the end of it, and I've never failed, at the end of it, getting, and I think that's because I can straddle these two spheres. You know, pretty unique guy, if I'm honest. Uh, you know, and it's only when I start looking at myself, I go, yeah, I'm pretty unique. Um, but yeah that's what I do I, I bring teams back together and get that culture back and actually find out what people really want because actually let's be honest here you know sat at home with Stallford Summer Fruits Press for the first three months was amazing less exciting mm-hmm, now
0: mm-hmm. and um, you know this is going to be uh, definitely valuable for a lot of people because and if I remember reading correctly a few, you know, a few weeks ago so it looks like the UK has got the biggest percentage of people that don't want to come back into the office. So, you know, they they want to work from home or if they can't get the job they want, they'll either find another one or they'll start their own thing um, because of the ease in which you can start a business today with social media. So, um, you know, the point of view for those that want to work from home is, you know, they get more flexibility. So now they've got more time to spend with their family. Yes, they're saving money as well, but they've got time to do other things. What kind of things can businesses do to basically get them back on, uh, get on back into the office.
1: So So here's the thing, right I'm I've been self-employed for 17 years. 17 years self-employed. These people when they joined, they didn't know there was going to be self-employees. <laughs> they had no idea. They had no idea. So, you know, they can look at the circumstances now and actually be really honest with themselves and what I do and practical things that we do is we go in there and we get that bring them together. We bring them together. We bring them together. Not just a, ah, yeah, I've got my boxer shorts on. Ha ha. See, let's have a coffee morning. Ooh, look at us all being coffee it's just like being in the office. Bullshit. Right? What we do is we bring them together and actually get them talking and get them thinking. And, and you know, what's great about work from home? Bah! What's not so good? Because there's going to be something on that side. It's not all one way. And then when you start looking at that and saying, look, Is there a compromise so it works for the organisation, works for you, but also works for your mental health? Because I, I, I meet people all day long, and I'll tell you the other thing is, I think people have been drowning with gold bars. I think they've been drowning, holding on to gold bars, and at some point they're going to get so tired, they've either got to let go of the gold bars or let go of themselves. And I'm seeing it, and this is not like me, you know, I'm selling some course. I am seeing it on a national level, at the highest level, at the lowest level, at all levels, that this country is in flux. And, and and we are not helping those people right now with this wokeism about work from home we're not helping them and this isn't me I've never been a tyrant when it comes to work my guys I'm not asked I genuinely they come in the office and they, they, they you know they fall asleep under the desk if they want because they've had a busy weekend I'm good with that as long mm-hmm. as the job gets done and I think that this is the other thing about it is that you know we, we did I didn't I never padded the time out because I know what it's like. Just because I was working in an office all day for eight hours a day didn't mean I was working for eight hours no. a day. Yeah. You're human. So there's no point in pretending, oh, we need to ban Sky Sports in the office. Why? They'll just use the phone on the toilet. So what I do as a s as, as that guy, I'd have like a a, a, a nice working environment that was cool. You could go come and go. I wasn't bothered as long as the job got done, as long as the goals got scored. I wasn't bothered. But I think that you know my approach to business and life is fundamentally is. different to most yeah. so without framework and mm-hmm. rules you're in danger zone yeah. there, you're in real danger zone and that's what we end up doing we end up having that honest straight conversation and, and
0: so you know so some of the business that you're working with then you know are they reaching a compromise like what are some of the practical things that they are doing is it work from home sometimes work in the office other times like what is the what, what do you what, what are yeah. you seeing? Yeah.
1: So, 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 when you start doing that, what's great about working from home? What's not so great about working from home? They, 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 let them make their own decisions, mm-hmm. right? Not me. Let you make your own decisions. Because otherwise, if we don't have this straight conversation, everyone's just pretending. I was thinking, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And by having this conversation, people go, actually, you're right. It has been affecting my mental health. It has been affecting yeah. how I feel about the world and, and my job at and home. And actually, OK, yeah, maybe I'll come in once a week or, or we, we have a meeting once a, a fortnight, whatever. But, but changing this, this 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 status quo as opposed to just accepting it. And that's where we're going wrong as a globe yeah. right now. We're just accepting well, the, 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 yeah. the majority mm-hmm.
0: vote. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, once again, is rooted in, 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 in the lack of self-esteem. Now, before we move on from this work from home kind of thing, like, you know, everybody thinks or most people that are wanting to work from home think that, you know, it's all in their favour and, you know, they're going to get to work from home. If they don't, they'll find another job. But what I see potentially happening is if, if businesses – UK businesses start to create, you know, platforms where they can be completely remote and completely online. Why then would you pick somebody from a first world country and pay them triple the salary when you can find the same person oh, in a third world country? And, oh,
1: you know, oh, together. oh, They're
0: oh, going to be like, well, nobody's going to employ them anymore because they can get somebody from the other of the world. a fraction of the
1: cost, mate, mate, mate! I've never even seen that. Jesus Christ. Mate, I've got goosebumps. Look at that. You got me. You got me. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. See that? I've got absolute goosebumps. Brilliant. Wow. That's Mm -hmm. mental. You know, so I look at this, and you're right. And this is – you remember I said something's not quite right. That what you just said then, you are signing your own P45. You're signing your own P45. Short-term, great. Medium and long term, hi guys, yeah, not great news because in economic climate, we're going to have to let you go. And the next thing, as you say, boom, different country, three times cheaper, three times employees, same wage, no shit, no HR. Yeah,
0: so, you know, (laughs) it's it's crazy times. Um, So, like, you know.
1: That's mate, that's blown my head off. (laughs) Brilliant. Off.
0: What advice then would you give to somebody who's, you know, maybe, you know, let's not look at the uh, entitled people. Obviously, there are people entitled, but those that were genuinely struggling and miserable at work because of the lifestyle, the long commutes, the job that wasn't great, um, not being able to see the family, yeah. time, uh, you know, family, not being able to go yeah. to the gym or do anything else. Like, you know, and now they've experienced yeah. work from home and it's yeah. transformed their life, right? What advice would you give to them? Yeah. What should they, you know, be doing not because they're entitled but because they want the best
1: no 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 listen i get it i i walked out of that that book there get off your ass i i wrote that in 2006 Mm -hmm. 2007 and that was my story i told my employer to shove his job up his ass on december 16 2004 walked out of a job no no savings 25 grand in debt newborn boy, baby Ben, wife that was furious with my decision and I said, I'm going to go start a business off. If I had not started that business off, I wouldn't have written four books, mm-hmm. wouldn't have become a motivational speaker, blah, 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 blah. We wouldn't mm-hmm. be talking now. So I walked and I give it like 100% like misguided self-belief. And that's what I'd say to people. Get that book, get off your ass. You don't even have to pay for it. Go on Google, get off your ass PDF, even though you should pay for it. There's a pirate site of it on there. So I'm saving you money. Amazon would be great. But actually, if you want to snide it, you can either go on Spotify, it's me, audio book or Get off your arse, .pdf, you'll find the snide version of it, completely free, there you go. Read that, because that's the Bible of what it's like to start a mm-hmm. business off. That's what it's really like to start a business off, going to the Coinstar machine with a bag of twos and ones, right? Not having enough money to put petrol in, parking your car on one near the wall because you've got rust on one wing and you don't want the client to see it. Oh, that's the reality of what it's like, and I captured that in that book, and it was like, you know, I, I'm so glad I did, because it's like a, a beacon for everyone to understand what you're really going to go through. Not the, the business plan bullshit that you're told. Oh, yeah, you need to have vertical markets and all that. It's bollocks. You might as well have a forward by J.K. Rowling. It's a work of fiction, right? Mm-hmm. So what you need to recognize is when you first start, oh, you know, my mum's in managing director. No, you're not. You're a market trader. You need to buy something for 50 quid, 50 pence, and sell it for a pound. Do that mm-hmm. repeat. But where people go wrong is they've been watching this. Ah, look, nice charts on Instagram, right? Little verticals and that. Pfft, shut the fuck up. That is not what life and business is about when you first start. Mm. Trust me, take it from me. You started a business off £25,000 in debt, got it to a multi-million pound business before I got wow. wiped out. Do no fault of my own. And I think that this is what you need yeah. to recognise as long as you're always learning that your biggest chance of success is this. Your biggest chance of failure is this. Make certain that what you're watching, digesting is what you need to be Brilliant.
0: doing. Brilliant, so... You know, um, people. Then, what, what is your advice for those? Then, you know, they, they don't really want to start a business, but you know, they want to carry on working from home rather than going into the office. What, what should they be doing then?
1: Re- rec- 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 recognize that you know, as Zulfikar said, "I think you're in danger, don't yeah. And you might not think, "Well, it's not my yeah, problem." Yeah. I, I, you know, you've got one life, and and since we started, you're now forty minutes closer to death. Wow. <laughs> Right, and it's one of those conversations that people don't mm. want to have because death happens to everyone else. Oh, you only saw mm. them last week. Mm. Yeah, it was going to go away next week. Listen, you are going to die at one point. It's us, right? Oh, stop mm-hmm. the press. You know, so so this is what you need to recognise that, you your dying breath, you're going to turn around and say, oh, "I'm so glad that I stayed at Butterworth Jones Accountancy Practice all my life in a miserable job that I wasn't happy with." This mm-hmm. is your life, and what you do with it is down to you. Not down to you, you know, dad locking you in a cold shed when you're seven. Not down to your employer, down to you. So if you're unhappy with your life right now, do something about it. If your employer wants you back in the office and you're not not feeling it, look for another job, simple. Mm -hmm. But what we do, we put so much credence on these decisions, thinking they're massive, when actually they're not in the grand scheme of things. And once you start realising that, that's a lot easier.
0: Absolutely love it. Um, And okay, so those that are looking to start a business, obviously they need to know how difficult it, it really is. Um, and, you know, what would you say then, you know, if they, if they have to work on one skill before they jumped into business, what should they be focusing on at the very start? One thing.
1: You know, when you think about that, I say, I say it's difficult. Actually, somebody is going to a frigging job you don't enjoy yeah. day in, day out. That's mm-hmm. difficult. You know, somebody's going to bed on Sunday night knowing that you've got to go and do a commute to a yeah. shit job. That you ain't feeling, we're surrounded with people, that's difficult. You know, when I started my business off, nobody gave me a chance, bank manager laughed Mm -hmm. in my face. My wife didn't want me to start a business off. People told me you'd never work. And if I'd listened to to those three people that were well meaning, they'd have been wrong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So they'd have been right. (laughs) So, so somewhere along the way, you've got to start talking yourself into things rather than out of. Start small. Get that book, get off your ass and read that book. And that is talking to you and it will tell you everything that you need to know about self-doubt, depression, anxiety. The reality of it before, by the way, self-doubt, anxiety and depression was cool. I wrote that in 2007, oh. right? You know, so I'm not jumped on the bandwagon with all this. I wrote about it when it was a first generation. You know, can I just say something about anxiety yes. and, and depression? I'd never even freaking heard of it when yeah. I was a kid. i never heard of word. I think I heard the word anxiety mm. once up until about 23-year-old. Mm. I've never heard of it before. Nowadays, everyone's throwing it on, like frigging confetti, mm-hmm. anxiety, depression, suicide. Come on. You know, let me tell you something. If somebody's going to commit suicide, you put a LinkedIn post on there? Yeah. isn't going to fix it. No. I promise you, take it wish- from me. Mm-hmm. We've met people who've, yeah. you know, and it's, it's a serious subject. And I think that we need to start looking at this and start being realistic about what this causes or what causes these things. But nowadays, it's a six-second, you know, TikTok video what's oh, going to save yeah. a life. No, it's not. It's about talking. It's about listening. Talking
0: and listening, and I love love that. So, you've pulled yourself out. I know you said you never heard of these when you were younger, but you've pulled yourself out of you know depression and and whatnot. Yeah. Was it just a mindset thing, or was it practical steps, or both? Like what what was yeah, it yeah. for you? Specifically?
1: Several, several things. You know, several things in that. You know, I am. Um, the reason that I like, I was three and a half stone heavier, and the reason I was three and a half stone heavier is because. I've been brought up in the 70s, you know, microwave meals, pot noodles, bird's eye potato waffles, all that sort of stuff. And, and, you know, eat as as much as you can uh, and and taste as you can, as cheap as you can. That's what I brought up with. And I did four years on benefits before I started a business. So as I started making my business and it started working, I'm still in a mindset, which is, you know, I might not eat tomorrow. So now I'm eating gorging. So my business was business networking Mm -hmm. meetings. So I'm having breakfast on Mm -hmm. expenses and I could eat, you know, like the Bass Street kids with frigging, you know, full English breakfast. Amazing. And then I'm having like lunchtime meetings, having business meetings, and the evening drunk and celebrating. And I got myself in this wrapped up mess. So, <clears throat> short term, again, see what I said, then you come back. Short term, everything was amazing. Medium and long term, type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, problems, and da 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 da. That's what goes on in life. And I'm going to share something with you. When we moved in this house, I've got a five-bedroom house in Somerset. I wanted a 10-bedroom mansion. 10-bedroom mm-hmm. mansion. I've got a five-bedroom house with one room that I never go in. <laughs> Imagine if I'd have worked really hard and got my dream of a 10-bedroom mansion. I have six fucking rooms I mm-hmm. don't go in. Wow. And when I bought this house, in each of the corners of the um of, 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 of the front room, there was a spider. And I said to the wife, I said, I, there's a spider, I know I'm in Somerset in Salford, spider in each of the corners, you want me to get them out? She went, oh, I don't mind small spiders. I said, where do you think the big ones come from, honey? And, and what we have in our life is we've got small spiders that we don't mind. And those small spiders start becoming big ones. So your, 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 your trousers might go from 32 to 34, start getting a bit tighter there. You might be drinking alcohol at night when you used to have a little top. Now you're having half a bottle of brandy. These problems, you get a bit angry with the kids. These problems are small spiders, and you need to deal with them. So when I got over my depression, I dealt with every small spider that was in my life. So any problem that comes my way right now, I'm good to go with it. Now, that doesn't mean that my life's problem-free, because it isn't. I've been under no illusions, you know, and that's the other thing. I could myth it off here. Ah, you kids, number one, yeah, problem-free life, bullshit. Everyone has problems, but it's what you do and how you deal with them. What, you know, Pebbles in shoes don't magic the way out. Pebbles in shoes do not magic the way out. If you've got a pebble in your shoe right now, it's, it's only going to get worse and worse and worse. So that is how I dealt with my depression, recognising what was making me depressed, feeling lethargic, staying in bed all day. Why? Because I felt unworthy that I couldn't start a business and I couldn't work. So right, like, okay, what's the process of that? Yeah. And that's, that's how I managed to get it. And recognising that if I do feel mm-hmm. down, that it's okay because you're human, mm-hmm. right? You know, beyond the stage presence and the sixty minute stage show, I'm human, and I think that that's the bit that people need to recognise that you're human, not the Instagram version of yourself. You're human.
0: Brilliant. I, once again, you absolutely love that. So you know the key takeaway there for me, you know, is you mentioned it earlier. That life is a process. There's ups and there's downs. Now. You know, some people might think that if you reach a certain, like I did, you know, if you reach a certain stage or a certain qualification or a certain position or you hit a certain financial goal, you've made it and everything, everything you know, becomes perfect. But it doesn't because once you hit it, you realize, you know, for example, when I qualified as a a lawyer, like I thought I've made it, went back into the, you know, first day of of, of work and it's like, nothing's changed. I'm still miserable as shit. <laughs> you know? so, so, you know, it's like... I, I'm going to yeah, tell you... Go, go ahead.
1: I am... Um i wrote that book that one now mm. what and i was 42 so seven years ago so eight years ago and um i'd reached every single goal in my life every single financial goal every single goal i'd ever mm. set out to achieve i did and then i wrote the book now what because it was boring three months in having gone to the gym and played my playstation game it was boring now what we strive for a challenge. And this is the problem, is that there's several things going on here with society and where people go wrong, is how much mm-hmm. is enough? Mm-hmm. Enough money, enough sex, enough love, enough whatever, enough time. But what we end up doing is it's never enough for people. So, you know, Grant Cardone, you can 10 extra business. Well, why, Grant, when you can 11 extra business, <laughs> you clown? You know, where does it end? Yes. Where does it end? And actually, this mm-hmm. is the problem, is that we can't all be Elon Musk. Yeah. And that's the problem, is that what ends up, Elon Musk, Mars... Could go to Saturn, <laughs> dickhead. You know, I had it on social media. someone's saying to me, oh, Brad, you've got self-limiting beliefs. Tony Robbins has got 300 million. I couldn't um, give a fuck what Tony um, Robbins has yeah. got. I'm not bothered. You know what? I am a working-class yes. lad from Salford, Manchester, who lived in Masonettes, who has a BMW Y8, lives in a five-bedroom house, got my own arcade machine. All these material things that actually are largely irrelevant. Let me be under no illusions. But the point I'm making is this is this is the barometer as to what people's judgment is. Ah, you could fly first class. I, I've got a perfectly good bed here. So, you know, the way that I judge success, true success, is how happy and content an individual is. Happy and content, not how big your bank balance is. Because I've got mates of mine that have got millions and millions of squids and they are not happy, they're not content. And on a scale of 1 to 10, I'd say to them, how happy and content are you? 4. So you've got like 20, 30, 40 times more, more money than me and you're a four out of 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And yet I'm a, on average, the uh, kind of median is around eight mm-hmm. in terms of happy and content on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So I say this, that the whole thing is what we need to do is we need to avoid success and we need to get success. If whatever success <laughs> is.
0: So it's, it's a daily grind. Right? It's a daily process. You know, it's not like, you know, you reach a certain level and I'm happy now it's, it's what yeah. you do, it, the habits you do every day, the, you know how you feed your mind every day, and Correct. what you put output every day. Correct. Um And you know, and I'm conscious of the time, so you know you're 13 years older than me, although I look older <laughs> than you. Um And I don't know if that's a, a compliment to you or a criticism of me, but
1: <laughs> no, mate, you got the hair, so, you're <laughs> so looking it's good like you me. know, obviously
0: you're in great shape. Um How important then is you know health and fitness, and you know not just for business but for self-esteem in your whole life? Like, how does it fit in? Let me show
1: you something. Let me show Mm -hmm. you something. That picture is me having a nervous breakdown.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: That's me three stone heavier, and my chairman saying to me, Do you trust me? And me saying, Yes. He says, Well, you ain't quitting. That was in 2012. You know, I realized something three stone heavier, type 2 diabetes. I've got type 2 diabetes now. The doctor said to me, Oh, you're borderline type 2 diabetic. Only well, it happens to fat people. <laughs> you are fat, Mr. Bird. <laughs> Six months later, you've got type 2 mm. diabetes. Brilliant, Brad. Well done. All because I like mm. Jaffa cakes. You know, and this is the thing in, in, in our lives is that health is so important. And the very time when you realize how important health is, is when you're about to lose it. Same goes for time. Same goes for, you know, we take everything for granted. And I'll give you an example, example of, of, for, your, for your audience to understand. You know, no matter what problems and challenges you face right now, if I was to go and give you a um, £1 million cash, your problems and challenges will probably fall away. However, as part of that £1 million cash, you won't be living beyond 24 hours. Would you accept the money? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No. So what does that say? It says that today is worth £1 million. So why aren't you acting like a lottery winner? Because you're taking today for granted. You're taking tomorrow for granted. You're taking your family for granted. your friends for granted. Your health for granted. Your hair for granted. You're taking everything for granted. I used to have hair. I don't have it anymore. But I could say, what I need to do is go to Greece and go and get one of these transports. What on earth? It's gone. And this is what we need to do in life is what when it's gone, mm-hmm. it is gone. You need to accept that.
0: Brilliant, absolutely um love it. So um, you know, you mentioned at the top of the episode. So before we finish up, like what is the difference then between a motivational business speaker and a motivational speaker? Because you're both the me, so
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Let me let me explain. So people say to me, Brad, how did you become the UK's number one motivational business speaker? I just made a fucking website and said in the UK's number one motivational business speaker. That term, motivational business speaker, did not exist until I right. made it up. So I made doing that, and then what happened is as I, as I did that, everyone's kicking off on sort of LinkedIn. Ah, Brad Burton's not the UK's number one motivational business speaker. Ah. Well, well, who is? Well, it's not him. Okay, well, who is? Because that, that term never existed until I made it up. It's a bit like you and I have been in a nightclub and saying, hey, Z, what's that? 20 quid there the floor, pick it up, mate. And you go, oh, you pick it up, you saw it. No, you pick it up, you're nearer. And whilst we're arguing the toss, somebody comes along, picks the 20 quid up, and now we're now spending the time arguing about, you, you know, who saw it. Boom. So so that is why I'm religious about the UK's number one. There's no league tables as regards frigging motivational speakers. But I asked a question when I go back, when I first started this game, I was just a motivational speaker. I never said the UK's number one. I just did the motivational speaker. And then when I realised, I thought, right, I was asking people on my travels, I said, Who's the UK's number one motivational speak- business speaker? And people were like, "Just give me different names." I thought, right, there we go. Those slippers I'll have, and that's exactly why I did it. And, you know, and, it, and it's funny because when I come out on stage and I do speak at the highest level, JCB, Bentley, Costa, zero, the list goes on. But when I when I when I come out, is that you know, it's the first thing I say. People say to me, "How did you become a, you know UK's number one motivational business speaker?" I just made a website, and the first person you've got to convince of your brilliance is you, and that is exactly brilliant. So I was
0: gonna, you know, the follow up question for that was were you the UK's number one business motivational speaker before you actually became it?
1: No, no. no. And the same way that Muhammad Ali wasn't the greatest of all time until he started telling everyone who he was. You know, you're looking at it, he got beat five yeah. times. Yeah, he's the greatest. Floyd Mayweather never got beat. If he goes on telling and says, I'm the greatest, everyone <laughs> say no, you're not. Yeah, but I've never been beat. Yeah, you're not though, mate. Why is that? Because Muhammad Ali is. Yeah, but he got beat. Ah, but it's not just about that, is it? Because what he did for civil rights, Bosch, that is the, the space that I've occupied, and it's a great tip for anyone. The problem that I've got now is everyone started copying it. You yes. look on, 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 yeah. on LinkedIn, everyone's the number one. And, it, and, you know, I was the pioneer. I started that, and everything I've done, I've been a pioneer. I promised when I started out in this whole networking space that I was going to change the networking space forever, and that's exactly what I've done. I've changed the landscape in the UK. When I first started, it was three-piece suits, pocket watches, and top hats. Since I came on the scene, I've got it all T-shirts, jeans and people just being themselves. I changed Mm -hmm. the networking scene. I changed the motivational scene. I changed the business book scene. You know, and actually what I do next, I'm Mm -hmm. not sure. But what I do know is that, um, you know, whatever happens, it's happened for a reason. Everything. Because if you think about the worst day of my life back in 1995, January the 2nd, if I'd not had the worst day of my life, two bullets put through my window. I would never have moved away, I would never have started a business, I would never be here right now. So everything happens at a reason. And sometimes it just takes 20 years before it all makes lovely, sense.
0: Lovely. Honestly, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you very much for coming on. Uh where can people find more about you and how can you help them? Um whether are individual or business.
1: You know what? Burton Bradburton.biz everything that you need in order to, to connect with me and to work with me, whether it's speaking, keynotes, coming into your place of work, training you to become a professional speaker, or indeed life maker, which is how I change my mindset. I've got something here, I'll, I'll just show it briefly. This is my life maker book, my workbook for, for, for my 10 my week course. And I've done something, I, I'm a big computer game fan. This is how I live my life. This process is how I live my life. And by teaching people this process, You can almost gamify every single day of your life so you can see what Mm -hmm. you need. And it's just, yeah, it's a very clever system. LifeMaker. Thank you for that. I
0: will drop the links uh, to those websites um, in in the description below. Uh, So as we finish up, uh, Brad, uh, any last words to help people fight their minotaurs?
1: Yeah, just to recognize that, you know, if you've got yourself in a maze, you can get yourself back out. And that's, you know, I got myself in a mental maze in the past. I got myself in a mental maze in the past. And actually what you need to do, is you need to, 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 you know, if it took you 40 years to get there, guess what? If it's going to take you four years to get out.
0: Brilliant. Okay. Well, once again, thank you very much. Um, as for the viewer, thank you for joining, joining us. Hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And I will see you in the next episode. Take care now. Bye bye. If you liked this episode, it would mean a lot if you would please rate and write a review. Please also subscribe so you get notified anytime a new episode drops. Thank you for tuning in. Now go out and attack your
1: minotaur.